guys, welcome to Slash Report. I'm Prue, and I am joined this week by two people I more or less kidnapped into this podcast with me. Um, I've got 20-something, aka Kate here. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Decision. <laughs> and I've got Waldorf. Hello. Hello. Who, <laughs> what What did Lumpica say? I took you down like the weak gazelle. <laughs> yeah, this was such a bad one. <laughs> like, they tried to stage an intervention for me on Wednesday. I mean, that was Thursday, but. But you were yeah, too busy yeah. watching uh, 821 to care about the intervention? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And just to give you guys some context, what we're talking about this week is the long-promised, long-threatened episode that I've always said that was going to happen eventually. We're discussing Supernatural. I just, like, I, don't, I, I hope everyone else has the same bleak expression on my face. Well I, well, I think that's, like, a good place to start. Like, is anyone ever happy that they're in Supernatural fandom? I'm not happy that I'm in Supernatural fandom. No. 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 <laughs> no. It's not like it's like the ultimate self-hating show where it's like, you know, it's bad. It's like eating Cheetos. You're like, I know it's bad for me. I know it's objectively also bad. And yet. Yet you can't stop. Like there's crack cocaine in that beautiful orange dust. Yes. Yes, that is. Yeah, that's about it. So, I mean, before we get started on the show and where the show has progressed and season great and all this other shit. What? How did you get started watching Supernatural? Kate, I think you should retell your story because it's still funny to me, even all these years later. I feel like I've even like told this story on report, so sorry for anyone who's heard it before. They're probably laughing just as much as I am, though. So they're probably funny. like, they're probably like, oh, here I come. I don't even know what's going to happen. Because <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I, I agreed to hang out with Marilyn and Prue. I went to literally Mare's mom's house, <laughs> and they were like, oh, cool, the last episode of season four is still on my mom's DVR, and I was like, what's this about this show? All I know is, like, maybe ghosts, <laughs> um, and scary, and literally, they just, like, sit me down. <laughs> And, like, I didn't know her that well then, but, like, Prue had this expression on her face that, like, now I know means, like, really bad things for me. <laughs> and they, like, proceed to give me the whole rundown of seasons, like, one through four. <laughs> right. And then they show me the episode, because then I remember I had, like, this whole oh. crack fiend summer. <laughs> like, all I did. I'm so sorry about actual crack fiends, too. <laughs> Your life probably is worse than mine. I just don't see how. Um, it was like, I read all this shit, and I was like, so down, and we didn't know how season five was going to go, but we were so hopeful, and that was so stupid. <laughs> and I read, like, a lot of fan fiction, and I remember, like, watching, se- like, the first episode of season five, thinking, like, this is going to be great, and then it ruined my life. But, and like, I- you already knew I was, like, the bride of Satan, so I don't understand why you still listen to anything I tell you to do. I had already come in not no like with, like, the firm bias and conviction, because, like, season four had already all happened, so it was mm-hmm. like, it was like, okay, so, like, they're meant to be, like, forever love, <laughs> soul bond shit. Um, so, like, I went into the show with this bias, so, like, I didn't understand why everyone wanted him to, like, fuck his brother, like, I didn't, uh, like, so, I went into it with, like, a very strong cast bias. <clears throat> 
It's because you make good life choices. Do I? That was that was how Kate got taken down. Waldorf, I have no idea how you started watching the show. Did you start at the beginning like I did, or? Yeah, yeah. I was coming out of Smallville. Oh, I darkness. Had, I had, yeah, I had bailed on Smallville and decided I couldn't do that anymore. Wait, wait, so, wait what season did you bail on Smallville? I don't even remember. It was three or four. I did not watch for the long haul. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, um, except not really, because then I looked at Supernatural and said, oh, this looks like a show that I could watch, <laughs> and it'll be fine, and they're brothers, so that won't be a problem for me, of and I won't not. have all these feelings, and so, yeah, I started watching from the beginning. The Wincest vibes never actually manifested for me, which, you know, I'm forever grateful <laughs> for, it's... but then season four <laughs> came and took me down at the knees, and... I've been a mess ever since. Understandable. No, but I, I feel like that is an interesting thing we could talk about. Because, like, I can understand why Kate never got the Wincess vibes, just because, like, you weren't necessarily there from the beginning. But apparently, I only found this out recently, the first Supernatural incest fic, or Wincest fic, was written prior to the show actually running on television. Because oh, they showed an extended preview of it or some shit at Comic-Con. And people, and somebody, I don't know who this champion was was like, that's it, good, check plus, that's all I needed <laughs> for there to be brother penis incest, like. I think that that says a lot about this fandom, though, like, it doesn't it surprise does. me at all that that's something that happened. I mean, no. I just, I look at it, and I'm like, well, that's just efficiency, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, okay, as someone who, I started watching the show from the pilot on the WB, when it was still the WB. Um, like, uh-huh. pre-DVR, like, I watched the fucking commercials for this show, because yeah. I remember when they started promoing it, and I don't think I was watching Smallville or something, but I watch a lot of really bad TV that runs on the WB, or at least I did back then. Um, they were advertising it as basically Route 66, right? Like, two brothers on the Great American Road Trip, and they, like, hunt demons and, like, listen to Led Zeppelin along the way. And I was like, well, given my, like, uncomfortable relationship with, like, ACDC and the hair metal in general, like, there is no way that I'm not going to be, like, 100% on board for this show. And so I watched that show, and I, like, totally got the Wincest vibe, but in a completely different way than, like, almost everybody else, apparently, in that band did. Like, I was just like... Oh, clearly Sam ran away to Stanford and shit. Like, granted, I'm sure the ghost hunting had something to do with it, but mostly because he wanted to bone his brother, who was also his mom. And, like, that would have been really uncool. Like, there's incest, and then there's, like, fucked up incest. So he had to leave the family business. Makes perfect sense to me. That was my magical thought process on that one. I was perfectly happy with it for, like, three seasons and really enjoyed watching Sam freak out uh, when Dean died a lot. And then, you know, people threw some angel in my face, and I, like, lost my mind. Yeah, and that was the end, and there was no coming back from it. Yeah, it's weird, because I was completely non-fanish about that show for a really long time. Like, I wrote one story, and, like, maybe read a couple of, like, really interesting gen horror fics, but, like, I was not necessarily involved in the fandom until after, like, Castiel fluttered his stupid feathery ass into the screen, and then I, like, lost three marbles. Yeah, that was the same way for me. Like, I didn't write anything for the show. I was happy to watch it. I didn't read a lot of stuff in it. And then Castiel happened. And I think that I went, like, 
the episode ended, and I think that I wrote, like, two fics. Did you say night. something like you wrote, like, four stories in the first week after? Yeah. yeah, the first night it was two, and then there were two more before the next episode aired. And, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, this show is so bad for me. <laughs> the show is bad for a lot of people. I also feel like this is an interesting query, though. This is, it's also a show, like, typically speaking, when we do a show-centric episode, I always feel compelled to sort of, like, give a quick rundown of what the series is about. But do you guys not feel that everyone on the internet in fandom sort of knows what Supernatural is about? Like, whether or not you want to, like, Supernatural is a thing that is happening to you. Oh, it's, it's inescapable. (laughs) Yeah, it's everywhere. It comes, it's like death. It comes for every man <laughs> and woman and anything else you identify as because it's not slow in its roll. <laughs> hide your wife, hide your kids. For example, like I didn't actively try to Tumblr savior Supernatural because I'm like, just because I'm not watching it doesn't mean like I can't appreciate the occasional graphic or whatever. And then like occasionally I would just like get something and I would send it to Prue and be like, yeah, I know neither of us are really plugged in, but this is fucking happening. This is fucking happening right now. Which is why, like, whenever Kate complains about how I'm the instrument of her demise, she's a fucking lunatic. Because I fell off the Supernatural wagon after season five. And I was completely stone cold fucking sober. Like, had the... No, I had, like, the little charm saying that I hadn't done, like, a bump of that shit in years. And then you started sending me stupid fucking Supernatural gifts. And it was like... Bullshit. This is not as this is the God's no, honest truth. No, no. I say this with perfect uh-uh. two source journalistic integrity right now. Oh, well, one, journalistic integrity is an oxymoron. Two, whoa! Like, <laughs> two, you're a lying bitch. <laughs> what? Like, don't even kid. You were never clean. There's no such thing as clean with you. <laughs> I mean, in general and specifically about this. <laughs> I was pretty good. Like, I, j- I didn't know what was happening. Like, I didn't know there were leviathans on the show. Like, I stopped watching. Okay, so this is another interesting question. When did you bail? And when did you bail, Waldorf? I bailed. Well, I thought that I bailed at season five. But then last weekend, in the last weekend, <laughs> I rewatched season six. And I think I watched it and then erased it from my mind. Whoa. <laughs> because a lot of it was familiar. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, I thought I bailed on five, but I think that I watched a six and then, like, couldn't do it anymore and was like, no, this isn't happening. (laughs) Drop the remote, walk away. Yeah, and I did actually walk away cold sober and was like, no, this isn't happening. I did Tumblr Savior. I, like, avoided it like the plague. And then, yeah, along comes Prue. I did not actively seek you out. You, there was a weakness in your chassis, like (laughs) Castiel. That's so terrible. That's right. I did it. (laughs) And then I actually, so I watched from the pilot through the end of the fourth season. And I remember when the fifth season was about to start, every, there was like this weird sort of community understanding that the fifth season was going to be its last because where do you go beyond that? Right. So I actually really liked the fifth season. I thought it was a really interesting turn to take something that had always been very folkloric and sort of anecdotal horror And to bring in, like, the sort of larger, you know, heaven-hell dimensions of it. And I thought that, I I still remember Swan Song as being, like, an episode that I cried so hard at that I was dehydrated at the end of it. But it was, like, a spiritual cleansing, right? Like, it it was, like, watching that episode was bloodletting. I was perfectly happy for the series to end on that note. 
And then when season six started, I was just kind of like, nope, I'm not going to do this. Not because I'm never going to watch it, because, like, as we've discussed in the past, like, Supernatural is, for better or worse, my perfect fandom and one of my favorite shows of all time. And when the series ends, I'm going to buy, like, the $6,000 box set. I'm going to, like, climb into a cellar, and then I'm going to, like, ship it from hell, just be found dead six weeks later, clutching the box set, like, having rewatched the entire series. But I basically was like, you know, I'm in a, and I'm, I'm in a fairly good emotional place with the show right now. Like, I'm happy that it ended this way. I'm just going to, like, let that go. It's going to take however many seasons, like, maybe one more it needs to end. And then I'll, like, come back and I'll watch the whole thing. Who fucking knew? I mean, as soon as they didn't end it with five, which, yeah, I agree. Like, I think we all kind of were like, okay, so, That's so we're the done. End, right? We're done. Right. Um, my, 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 like, years before the mast are over. Yeah. Um... And then it was, like, season six, and I was like, well, I Because you kept watching. Well, I mean, like, I kept watching, and I would, like, fall behind a bit, and then, like, I fell behind, and then, like, I knew the French mistake was coming, so, like, I pain marathoned my way through the rest of season six to get up there, and then, like, Mare came over to the apartment, and we watched the French mistake together, and, like, Misha tweeted in real time with the show, and my head hurt, (laughs) and, like... I died, I, like, went to the astral plane, I saw a bunch of women marrying Snape, I came back, like, it was weird. Um, and so, but then, like, from that point on, I, like, just, like, couldn't do it, I, like, failed out. But I think, like, that was, like, the most frustrating thing about it for me, is, like, the moment that it was, like, a sixth season, I'm like, oh, shit, we're gonna go full Smallville. Yeah, we really are. We're gonna, like, run this show into the ground until everything we once loved about it has been destroyed, and we're gonna, like, rend our garments and, like, weep. Which we were already doing. Yeah, we had already done that path. But I, yeah, I just remember being kind of, like, frustrated. And I'm like, I feel like ratings just kind of, like, trick everyone into saying, like, oh, well, we've told a good story, but since everyone wants this... Well, I also sort of, like... this forever. I've also sort of, like, never been clear on how Supernatural stays on the air. Because isn't the whole point that the show is, like, a cult, quote-unquote cult favorite, like... It, I think it does okay for what it does, but it's never, like, a ratings bonanza. And it's not even, like, the highest-rated show on fucking CW. So it's it's not even, like, a Smallville situation where it's, like, I literally cannot understand how anyone with a conscience would keep Tom Welling employed for, like, 11 fucking years, quote-unquote, <laughs> acting. But, like, it's the most popular show on the CW, and, like, clearly television executives have no soul. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Supernatural. I don't know why it still is so popular and why it keeps getting renewed because now like number season nine is definitely happening and i feel like people are defaulting to assume that season 10 is happening yeah that's my sense too that everybody just assumes we're going to be going for another two fucking years and i just i i, I like i'm literally tearing at my hoodie right now i have like to the only honestly like the only upside of that to me is i'm like well they have children now somebody has to feed their little stupid perfectly <laughs> cute babies they don't need the money anymore i think that they're just happy to make the show because they obviously have so much fun making the show, but that doesn't translate into my viewing experience. No, not a, not at all. Except for like the five seconds every year at Comic Con when they were like released the gag reel like a Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this year's Kraken is going to be something spectacular. Sweet. I hope it's just all Kevin Tran's mom. <laughs> Literally just, like, seven minutes of her. I fucking love that bitch. If she's actually dead, I swear to God. Oh, I just got really sad. I know. I just, I'm not, not like sad. I'm angry. anybody else be dead on that show, so... Everyone is dead. They just keep making new people so I can love them, and then they murder them. 
Yeah, like Garth, who went on a hunting trip and hasn't been seen in a while. Don't say that, Waldorf. That's mean. Why would you say that? (laughs) Because I am suffering with this. But see, Garth always gets knocked out for, like, the crazy shit and pops back up. He has to live. He has to live. Nobody has to live on this fucking show. Dean has, like, four friends. One of them is a vampire who's died twice. Like, Garth has to come back. This show is messed up. I hate this show. Do you, like, every once in a while you just have to actually, like, stop and, like, process, like, how fucking weird this show is? And you're just like, man, I hate this show. Yeah. But, okay, to move forward, let's assume, given our discussion, that most people who have never seen the show know the premise of it, and that people who have seen the show probably, like us, hit the eject button somewhere around six and seven in terms of seasons. I'm going to charge you with magical ritual jobs now. Kate, you have to explain season six. And Waldorf, no. you have to summarize season seven. No, that's mean. Just do it. Just try your best. Oh, shit. It's like, well, the only good thing about season six, let's be real, was Sola Sam. Sola uh, Sam was great while, for a little while. Yeah. So explain Sola Sam. Basically, so you're like, oh, great. Dean is the sole survivor of season five. Now he's got to go like... He's going to go, like, live with Lisa and Ben, and, like, everyone who's ever met Dean knows that's not going to go well, but <laughs> whatever, apple pie life, and then you get, like, the teaser of, like, oh, Sam's not actually dead, and we're like, oh, Keenan and Kel Surprise. Uh, <laughs> nobody fucking does. So it's, like, Dean's pretty much failed at, like, living with Lisa and Ben, and then, like, of course he figures out eventually that Sam is not dead, but he's really pissed about it because Sam's been, like, not dead for most of the time he's been there. Which is about a year. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, Sam is there because somebody, quote-unquote, has brought him back. <laughs> and um, But that boy didn't come back, right? also brought back their grandpa, who's also A.D. Skinner. So, like, most importantly, you're like... <laughs> Guys. So stern, so bald. So fucking stern, so fucking bald. (laughs) So the commander of the Daedalus. Like, there's, like, a whole other secret hunter clan of their family that, like, you know, conveniently just decided to never have anything to do with them the entire previous run of the show. So Sam is back from hell, but he doesn't have his soul, which results in some extreme comedy, I'm not gonna lie. That is... Because it's, like... (laughs) <laughs> it's like opposite world on Sam Winchester. So it's perfect. Like where he should like feelings, he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think the best moment in Sola Sam is actually in the fucking fairies episode. Uh, yes, because there is a great moment where Dean is being chased by presumably UFOs in a field. And yeah. his only response to this is, oh my God, the third kind already? You better run. I heard the fourth kind is a butt thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, this chick's like, oh, your brother was abducted? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty, like, calm about it. And she's like, was it a long time ago? She's like, he's like, no, it was, like, 20 minutes ago. But, like, just cool. I've, I've adjusted. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Uh-huh. But then, of course... Like, oh, wait, wait, don't forget. There is also the, Dean, did you get forced to service Oberon, King of the Fairies? Other important things, yeah. And it's basically, like, everything you suspect Sam has ever thought, and then just, like, didn't say, because he's secretly kind of, like, a nice person. Yeah. Underneath all the blood drinking and, like, problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, you eventually, of course, find out that Sam's soul is... Still in the cage, in, in hell. Yeah. It's still, like, having, like, 
probably like the spiritual butt fuck party with Michael and <laughs> literally being Adam. spit roasted by Michael and Lucifer. <laughs> Jake Abel sitting in the corner going, like, I really don't want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fucking Adam. Um, they, of course, like, they're like, oh, well, we need his soul, despite the fact that he's hilarious and awesome like this. Um, but you, be honest, yeah, no, toward the end of it, you were like, okay, I kind of miss Sam Winchester who cries his way through sex. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, you're like, well, this is going to end in tears. <laughs> Obviously. And also, like, the whole time, Cass is, like, super cryptic, and he's like, there's war in heaven, I don't have time for your bullshit, Step off my dick. I'm busy. Except for you, Dean. Except for you. <laughs> show up for you. Because let's be real, they have a more profound bond. It's true. And like that was like the point where I was like, oh, this season is actually going to be okay. Spoiler, it's not. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> it's not going to be okay. And like, I feel like I've like ejected so much of this from my memory that we're just going to have to kind of go for it. And so basically they get his soul back. And they're like, okay, but basically we put up some shitty drywall between him and his soul. Like, don't go fucking with it, because if he remembers, like, his time in hell, you remember what you were like after, like, 2.5 seconds? Yeah, it's been longer for him. (laughs) So, maybe don't fuck with it. Except, of course, Sam keeps fucking with it. Naturally. They can't do anything but fuck with it. Yeah. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Cass is trying to wage war in heaven. Yeah, and, like... Crowley's around, and they're always, like, sometimes they're in trouble with Crowley, and sometimes they're not. You can't really tell. It was, like, frenemies. It was, like, yes. we were on Little Liars or something. I can't even tell. Crowley and Cass are working together. No, it of concludes in Crowley and Cass having worked together. Cass swallows all the souls from Purgatory, which is what they were trying to, like, wrench open, so that he can wage war in heaven. Only he forgets that there are also Leviathan in Purgatory. <laughs> so he swallows all the fucking Leviathan in Purgatory. And uh, Sam goes completely insane. This is like the time I was like, oh, I want to delete all the extra music out of my music folder, but I forgot, like, if I just tried to delete my music folder, my iTunes files are in there. Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. So, like, great. Cass is about, the, like, the thought processes of me on, like, hour 14 of not sleeping. <laughs> he, he's had some rough times, man. Special angel, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, how does season six end? I forget now. Like, because like no, Waldorf. Not, I have no idea. Like, how does season six even end, Waldorf? Because I don't even, like, seven and six sort of bleed together with the yeah. Leviathan storyline in my head. I think six ends with, like, this massive confrontation. Everybody's lost their mind. Cass has, like, black goo in his veins. And he's yelling at Dean, and Dean, like, I have very post-traumatic stress disorder flashbacks of this. <laughs> and, and, like, Crowley is there watching this happen, because Crowley hates Cass because he's been browbeaten, like, he's been made Cass's bitch. Nobody wants to be the pussy-whipped king of hell. Right, you know, but that's the seat Crowley sits in. Um, and essentially, Cass, like, can't control the Leviathan anymore. They're too strong. They're breaking out of his vessel. And I think the way season six ends is that Cass walks into, like, some reservoir. And, and explodes, like, right? Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. just walks Again? and yeah. goes under the water, and then you just see, like, all the Leviathan out there. And the fucking trench coat. Yes. Yeah. That's where Washes it's... onto shore at Dean's feet. And that was the moment where I was like, no. <laughs> no more. It's like a fucking notebook shit. Then he picks it up and holds it to his chest. Yes. Yeah. No, but he does. Yeah. Literally. And the yeah, book's real. It's just like teary-eyed and beautiful. And 
I was just... And keeps it in the trunk of the Impala, aka his heart, (laughs) for the next season. For like two years, he keeps it in the Impala. Show is a dick. (laughs) So, Waldorf, what happens in the rest of season seven? (laughs) I can't, I'm too emotionally compromised now. (laughs) You broke her! Congratulations, Capri. Awesome. Now I'm the captain of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> um, season seven is basically the Soylent Green. Yeah. So after So the Leviathan, like, can't be killed. You can cut their heads off, or the heads of their hosts off. And if you remove the head from the body, like, they can't reattach and be a complete person again. But beyond that, you can't really kill them. So Sam and Dean's mission is to figure out how to kill Leviathan. And meanwhile, they're, like, buying up all these companies, and there's this whole big um, conspiracy thing. Bobby kicks it in seven. Yeah. The show's the worst. <laughs> Nobody can have nice things. No, of um, course not. Is this where all the dick stuff comes from, by the yeah, way? Yeah, this is the dick. Dick Roman. Yeah, Dick Roman is basically... Yeah. Basically, this is the season of, like, Soylent Green, and everybody makes a dick joke at Dean Winchester. Yeah, like, basically. That is that is the season. He's basically the Lex Luthor of the supernatural world. Mm-hmm. Uh, dick Roman. So Bobby ends up eating it in, like, the third to last episode. They have this hacker guy who also ends up eating it, and at some point... Is, is this the season? See, I watched these all in, like, an a weekend yeah like a fever dream right so i have a lot of trouble separating eight (laughs) and seven okay so basically during seven the big bad is the leviathan also sam winchester goes completely nuts because the drywall between him and his crazy soul falls apart so if you're a big mark pellegrino as lucifer fan you should actually watch some of season seven because he's there haunting sam basically just making him completely bug fuck insane um and it's actually quite, it's, it's a really interesting arc, and they both, Jared Padalecki and Mark Pellegrino both do a really good job in that. But he basically goes nuts. Cass is presumed dead until about midway through the season in one of the dumb, like, this is, I'm saying, this means something when I say, in one of the dumbest plot twists on Supernatural ever, where, like, Bobby is dead, but his ghost is hanging around. Don't. Like, when we say he finally eats it in, like, the third to last episode, we mean, like, his ghost goes away. Um, so his ghost is hanging around and helps them find this performer of miracles called Emmanuel. And when they get there, they find out it's Cass, who has no memory, but some lady named Daphne found him wandering naked in a forest and decided to marry him. Well, that wouldn't... Yeah. No. Named no. him Emmanuel. And now he's, like, performing fucking miracles or whatever the shit. And so, like, exposure to Dean and Sam reminds Cass who he is. And he's, like, crushed with guilt. And he can't... like, that really sad moment of, like, Dean is complaining about Cass. Yeah. Like, Cass abandoned him. And, oh, because... Yeah. And so he's complaining and complaining about Cass. And Emmanuel finally looks over at him and says, I'm Cass. And he has the saddest look on his face. And... Yeah, this was not a good season for me. No, it was horrible because, like, he realizes what an utter betrayal he's committed, especially since the entire lead-up to the swallowing the soul's leviathan thing. It's not just, like, he decided to do it. It's just Dean finds out about it and begs him over and over again not to. And he does it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And then eventually, so basically Cass is like, well, I can't fix Sam's crazy, but I can okay. shift it. So he, like, swallows Sam's crazy, and then he gets locked up in a mental institution with Meg, the demon, as, like, his nurse slash, like, semi-girlfriend? Like, <laughs> the show. Basically, so apparently, has- like, what he learned from the pizza man and, like, the babysitter was yes. really good. Yeah. Yeah, and he, like, constantly references it. Yeah. And so does she. Like, we can play Pizza Man later. And it's like, no, this is terrible. Stop. She does refer to Cass as her unicorn, which is sort of lovely. Yes. <laughs> that is nice. But I also think that, like, Cass's real boyfriend has a demon killing knife. So maybe you should step <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe Cass doesn't adhere to human constructs of monogamy, but I'm pretty sure Dean Winchester does. <laughs> And let's be real, Dean would love to stab Meg. Yeah, like, just give him an excuse. Any excuse. Plenty of reasons, but yeah, like, touching his boyfriend in his special places is probably high on that list. I'm happy to murder you anytime. (laughs) Just let me know. Memo me. Page me and I'll be there. I even have a beeper. (laughs) I got it from the beeper king. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, like, season seven. And season seven ends with them going to purgatory, right? Is that what ended? Yes. Yeah. So they stabbed Dick Roman with, it was a bone of like a pure, so they basically get the bone of a nun and the blood of an angel and Crowley. Yeah. And they stabbed Dick Roman through the neck with it. And then (laughs) Dean and Cass, because they're so close to him, get dragged down into purgatory with Dick Roman. Yeah. Okay, and that's how they started out all dirty that next season. Yes. yes, but they spend, so this is the part, like, this is why I think season eight's been really interesting, and why only now, if you're a Sam fan, you should start watching, because the first, most of the season is really rough if you like Sam Winchester, because I had a discussion with Mare about this, because Mare, being that she's Mare, likes Sam Winchester best. Right. It's good, though, for her that she can have a favorite character who, like, can be killed, but will come back from that killing. Yeah, that's true. That's the only thing that's... <laughs> Her favorite characters are killed no matter what, so. It's it's really, so this is mean, I shouldn't be laughing about this. Basically, she's like the kiss of death for any character she loves. Her love is the Sam Winchester's penis. It's just, and it's like, and it will come to you out of like nowhere. Even shows where people don't randomly die. Yeah. Like, her affection will mark you for death. Like, so yeah. she really loves some random character on a show called Smash, which is about a Broadway show. And, like, yeah. he just gets, he randomly gets hit by a fucking car and dies. And you're just like, what? <laughs> you what? Did this. You did this. Man. This is you, Mare. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> what the fuck? She's, she truly is the kiss of death. But basically, um, so season eight. Uh, starts with Dean making his way out of purgatory with a new buddy. But you get the backstory, and that's that after Dean and Cass go to purgatory, they stay there for a year trying to find a way out. Sam doesn't go looking for him at wait, all. Wait, wait, question. Yeah. Is a year, like, year in purgatory meaning, like, what, like a month in... No, a year, no. topside, a year in purgatory. Okay. all right. Yeah, Let's the time, time flows similar, I guess, in purgatory. But so basically, Dean and Cass get to purgatory... Like, Dean is like, okay, Cass, we'll figure out a way to get out of here. Turns around, Cass is gone. Completely disappeared. Topside, Sam freaks out that his brother and Cass have been disappeared. Doesn't look for them at all. Dick. 
Yeah. He, like, flips out. He is a shitty driver, apparently, because he hits a dog with his car. Or Dean's what? car. What? And then he takes the dog to a veterinarian, who is sassy to him, and then they fall in love. And he moves in with her. And that's what he does in the year that, like, <laughs> Dean and Castiel are in purgatory. Now, like, I am not the expert on whatever the fuck relationship, like, Sam Winchester and veterinarian Amelia have, because... I had to fast forward through most of their interactions after their first introduction. Okay, well, the cliff notes of their relationship, because I can't find the fast forward button to save my soul, (laughs) um, is basically that she bullies him into keeping the dog. At the motel he's staying at, he becomes the handyman, and she's also staying at that motel. What? They have another town. (laughs) It's terrible. Um... She thinks that he's creepy because of his sideburns, which I approved of because those sideburns are are creepy. Awful. Um, Sam does have the air of a serial killer around him. He really does, and he's, like, ginormous. So whatever niceness he has is, like, offset by the fact that he's enormous and has those sideburns. Um, And so basically... Everyone's, like, fight or flight. (laughs) So basically you find out that she lost her husband in Afghanistan... Eight Sad. months ago. So she's been running because she can't deal with it. And she settled down in this stupid little town. And he's like, oh, good, another emotionally damaged person. So they, like, fall into bed with each other. They do the whole, like, oh, we're not going to be together. And then they are together. They buy a fucking house. <laughs> Her father gives him his blessing after he reveals that he lost Dean. And, what? yeah, it's, like... The most demented, and then they have like picnics, and oh, she celebrates his birthday with him, and he's never had that before. And I'm watching these flashbacks, going like, "Bitch, I am pretty sure Dean made you a birthday cake every year when you were a kid." Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Scrimped and fucking saved, mowed lawns, gave yeah. beaches. Who knows? Exactly, and that's why, like, for, for me, feet, that's shit. exactly, yeah. and that's like the reason I think fundamentally it's really hard for a lot of people to like Sam is like. You know enough about Dean's point of view to be like, you're an ungrateful piece of shit. Yeah. And you know, like, he's just, like, forgotten all this stuff. It's like the time when they went to heaven, and, like, all of Sam's happy memories were, like, leaving the family, and all of, like, Dean's happy memories were, like, being with Sam and his mother. Yeah, Yeah. basically. You ungrateful wretch. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Sam, everything. He was half a virgin. (laughs) I hate you. Well, he was half a virgin at the Comic Con screening. (laughs) Continue, um, Waldorf. Ignore her. Oh, my God. Um, no, now I forget, like, how it ends. But anyway, so they're, you know, together or whatever. It ends up, no, it ends up being... No, she doesn't die. She's still alive. What? But her husband ends up not being dead. <laughs> oh, my right. God, that's right. Nice. <laughs> yes. So she's like, I just need time to figure everything out. And Sam's like, well, I don't want you to figure everything out. I just want you to be with me. And... People who are Sam people, I'm really sorry. I'm really making him sound like an asshole, but he is such an asshole. They they made him so unlikable for the it most part of this season. It was awful. actually kind of amazing. Yeah, it was just awful. And then basically he spends all this time being like, all I want to do is get out of the life. All I want to do is get out of the life. They, they totally retconned the fact that he was at Stanford for like three years. Yeah, so that's their story. She ends up going back to her husband and he ends up pining. But she gets to live. After having yeah. had sex with Sam Winchester, so... Multiple times. Yeah, Death four for you, her. Amelia. Death will come for her. <laughs> Death will come for her. <laughs> you can't touch that penis in life. I'm pretty sure, like, the 
nurses at the hospital where Sam was born, and they had to, like, clean his squalling infant body and die. Oh, my God. Don't laugh. It's true. <laughs> that penis is a harbinger. Oh, my God. I, I can't laugh. breathe. Oh, Anyways. So that's Sam's story for this season. <coughs> Dean, on the other hand, comes back, like, super damaged. And Sam is like, where's Cass? And Dean is like, he didn't make it out of purgatory when he left. And you find out in the first couple of episodes that in purgatory, Dean actually made friends with a vampire. So basically, if you're like a monster and you get killed, your soul doesn't go to hell, it doesn't go to heaven, you go to purgatory, where you're like, you monster it up for the rest of eternity or whatever. So he runs into a vampire named Benny, who is actually the greatest person ever. And I'm so angry that he's, I completely understand why he's gone, but like, I'm so angry. And if he doesn't come back, I'm going to like find like eight people and punch them in the throat. They don't even have to be related to the show. Just like eight people are going to get randomly throat punched. They're going to be really confused why. So he makes like best friends with like this vampire named Benny because Benny in purgatory is like, you're the human that everyone has been talking about. Because Dean is basically killing his way through purgatory looking for Castiel. Because he's going to get them out of purgatory, but he's not leaving without Cass. No, duh. Of course um, not. When you say killing his way through purgatory, so like what happens if you're killed in purgatory? You don't don't know. You don't know. We're we're not really clear on how that actually goes. Of course not. Of course not. Um, So he's basically killing his way through purgatory... And people are trying to kill him because he's the human. Um, Because Dean, let's be real. Because Dean. So, like, just visualize this. Cass and Dean are basically, like, on opposite ends of purgatory. And, like, every every single monster he runs into, he's like, where's the angel? And every single monster he runs into is like, oh, so you're the human. So something is going on there. And you find out later, it's that Cass has been running from Dean in purgatory. Because the, the Leviathan yeah. are targeting Cass, and he's trying to stay one step ahead so that they can't get to Dean. At which point, like, my tears were blood. And I just... <laughs> I just the walls are blood, my tears are blood. Everything is blood. blood. So much that blood. That was, like, the moment that I just had a total meltdown on Twitter. Like, yeah. I just died. I was just like, oh my god, it's like Shark Week on my face. Like, what's happening right now? Like, kill me with fire. I can't. This is horrible. Um... So, but then, like, Cass is like, you have to leave me here. You're, like, the only reason you're going to be able to get out of purgatory, and maybe Benny's plan will work, is because you're human, and you don't belong here. Like, your soul doesn't belong in purgatory. And Dean is like, that's, I don't care if that's true. I'm not leaving without you. So Cass is like, fine, I will come with you as we try to escape purgatory. And so, like, for the whole first... You know he's lying. Of course. So for the first whole cup, first couple of episodes of season eight, you're operating under this narrative where Dean attempted to rescue Cass out of purgatory, and it didn't work because he didn't hold on hard enough. And so Cass, like, fell, and the portal swallowed Dean, and Cass got left in purgatory. Oh, sweetheart, he let go. Eventually, when Cass does come back through means that don't become clear until later in the season... You find out, and Cass is like, Dean, have you been blaming yourself this entire time? Let me remind you what actually happened when they're on the cliff and Dean is clutching Cass to try and drag him out of purgatory. Cass literally shoves him away 
and is like, you go. Like, I'm, I have to stay here. Because he still feels guilty about the Leviathan. Yeah. And, all and that's, the- of course, like, Dean Winchester for You Dropped Me. Exactly. Like- um, except Cass is the only person who has ever, like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I yeah. did this. You're fine. We're good. We're cool. We're cool, buddy. We're, We're cool. cool. We're totally cool. It was such like it was such a flashback to that moment. I think it was in season four where like Cass backs Dean up and looks at him and says like, "You don't think you deserve to be saved?" Yeah. And it was like it was just that mirror moment, and ovaries were exploding, and I was like, "I hate this show." <laughs> blood running down the walls. Blood running down my face. Oh. But they had a grown-up conversation, and it was so good for me, guys. It was really beautiful. Season 8 is also the season where you get introduced to the Men of Letters. The Men of Letters, essentially, John Winchester's father, Henry, gets thrown back forward in time, um, trying to escape some demon whose name I don't remember. Abaddon. Uh, so he gets thrown forward in time, and he sees Sam and Dean like it must have been like a blood-to-blood kind of a spell. And he's going, where is John Winchester? And they're like, you know, Uh, well, John's been dead forever, but they're not going to say that to this random stranger who just came out of their closet. Literally. Yeah, literally came out of their closet. Um, They could take a lesson from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But so they basically go back and forth, and he's about as snarly as they are, and he says, oh, you're hunters. Well, and he basically, the men of letters are this institution who they collect all of the lore and all and they record all the lore and they have like this secret bunker out in Kansas um but they're basically the nerds who like figure out how to kill the demons and then they pick a few elite hunters to go and like do their bidding so Henry Winchester has this massive like issue with hunters and the fact that his son turns out to be a hunter and his grandkids are hunters and Dean gets to stick up his ass about it because you know you don't insult John Winchester at all but it turns out that John remembers that his dad like walked out on him one night and in fact Henry just got thrown into the future and died basically um bequeaths to them this this like bunker of but it's not even like a bunker it's like this. It's like a fortress. Library. It's huge. It's the bat. It's yeah, it, but it's like you know that moment in Beauty and the Beast where the Beast gives Belle the library. <laughs> yes, yes. It, is, it is like that moment. Yeah, it's it very true. And this is where they like end up staying, and Sam finds his true calling as being a man of letters, as they're pretentiously called, where he basically can research to his little heart's content. And Dean Winchester finally has his own room. He does, and he sets it up all nicely. And he's and, nesting, and he's cooking. And he's a great cook, and, like, he actually puts tomatoes on the burgers, which, you know, like, that's a vegetable and a fruit, guys. Like, <laughs> Dean Winchester is using things with colors. Oh, um, it's so beautiful. <laughs> And Sam, that little shit, throws a piece of gum wrapper on Dean's nice, clean floor. Like, the first thing he does when he sees Dean's room. And Dean is so proud of his room, the way he's got it all set up, and it's all neat, and and Sam throws a gum wrapper on his floor, and you're like, you are such a younger sibling. I just hate you right now. Such a jerk. And I, I remember watching that and being like, oh, I'm so glad I'm an only child. I think like, that gum wrapper is like a metaphor for so much, <laughs> so much asshole such an asshole 
But then the other, like, the other, like, supernatural plot arc that's going on right now is that there are these tablets that were written by Metatron, the original scribe of God. There's also a new prophet named Kevin Tran, who is, like, the greatest human you will ever meet in his life, in your life. And his, and his mom is even better than Kevin Tran. That is so great. Kevin She's Tran's amazing. mom. I just, I seriously meant it when I was like, if you guys want to do a 10 season spinoff about Kevin Tran's mom, I am there for you for that. She's so great. We're basically the tablets, in addition to having like all this prophecy and shit, are also contain three trials that if you pass them, you will be able to permanently close the door to hell. So what's happening right now, and there are like two parallel stories running, Sam is trying to complete the trials. And they're killing him, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, Cass came back from purgatory. We didn't know why, but you realize throughout the season, he did not come back right. And he starts getting these flashbacks to a white room in heaven and a woman named Naomi, who essentially seems to have, like, tortured him and tortured him and reset him. And in a recent episode, he basically almost kills Dean in order to get to one of these tablets, which is an angel tablet. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the, po- I assume it's just the power of love that pierces the veil, and like saves the day. The, um, gay love, yeah, breaks <laughs> through his like programming and crazy from Naomi. So he like takes the angel tablet and runs because heaven shouldn't have it, hell shouldn't have it, no one should have this tablet. Basically, um, and where we stand now is that heaven caught up with uh, Castiel dug the tablet out of his abdomen where he was hiding it. Cass then stabbed an angel in the eyeball. Nice. <laughs> and then with his guts well, hanging out. With the bullet that he worked out of his guts. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and then with his guts hanging out, like, poofs himself into the middle of a highway in front of the Winchesters and the Impala. <laughs> so there's still one more trial. There's two episodes left. And I'm just, like, tearing my hair out. <laughs> yeah. Fair. That's a lot of terrible. Fair. I tried I was at... So, Mare and I went to see Iron Man 3 on Friday night. And afterward, I was trying to explain the plot of Supernatural for the last, like, three seasons. <laughs> and, like, even as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, what? What? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, like... Is there a question? There is a question. <laughs> given all of this stuff, and I feel like I, maybe I'm the only one who sensed it, but I feel like there are a lot of people who are sort of, like, knuckling under, and they've either... they These are the people who, like, bailed on the show ages ago who might... who look like they're going to start watching it again. I don't know. I lost touch with almost everybody who I was in the Supernatural fandom with. Maybe I'm just getting more of these questions since I've, like so openly been insane. Visibly relapsed. <laughs> Publicly and visibly relapsed. Such a bad relapse, right? It wasn't even like, oh no, I went to this party and someone had some coke. It was like, you guys found me like eight days later with like like six hookers and like a pound. Like, you look like scarf right now. Like, you're just like face deep in a mound of it. <laughs> friend is she's kind of she's not a fan she's not fanish but she's kind of aware of fandom and mm-hmm. and I said to her she goes you know I couldn't get in touch with you on on Monday Monday I got my eyes dilated and that always cuts me out at the knees yeah 
And so, um, yeah, I decided a really good idea was to finish season eight <laughs> that day. Smart. <laughs> but when I say I make terrible life choices, guys, I, I think really you, mean it. You really, really mean it. So I texted her and was like, I fell back into Supernatural help. And she was like, you are on your own this time. <laughs> I had to put you back together last time. I feel like everyone's reaction to, like, loved ones watching Supernatural is actually very similar to, like, (laughs) substance abuse problems. Like, no, I've done this once. I'm not doing it again. At a certain time, you have to decide to save yourself. (laughs) This is my ultimatum. Yeah, like. Yeah. I don't want to be saved. (laughs) You don't think you deserve to be saved. I don't. I don't. Just let me die here. I we're planning on it. <laughs> but I feel like having actually now gone through the last couple of seasons so that everyone who's listening to this out of morbid fascination <laughs> as to like what is actually fucking happening on this show after you like wisely hit the eject button. We have to talk about this thing that I've noticed in the last like two months that I'm like, are you guys kidding me? I don't know when this happened. I don't know why this started. But there seems to be, and more so than you would normally see in a slash fandom, this feeling from certain parts of the Uh. Dean Castiel fandom that, like, that pairing is going to legitimately go canon on the show. Yeah. Guys, it's not. It's really not. This is like the steric mass delusion that's been put into the water supply that, like, people honestly believe, like, these things are going to happen. And I'm like, we live in a bleak world, guys. <laughs> it's not happening. And honestly, <clears throat> be real. If it did happen, you wouldn't like it. Exactly. Right. It would be terrible. They wouldn't do it right. You know, you'd be angry about it the whole time. And it's a CW show, so it'd be even worse. It's the full Joss Whedon. We're going to give you exactly what you want and you are going to be miserable because of it. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to work. And it was it was really interesting because prior to my completely knuckling under and actually watching the show again, I had seen a lot of these sort of posts and this like meta pop up. So I was reading through these, right? And they were citing all these instances and it was like so classic fandom where the meta was fairly convincing, right? Like, they were pulling these isolated events and they were basically, like, making the argument that, like, the show is setting it up so that Dean Winchester can be canonically read as bisexual and then canonically read as falling in love with Castiel. And I was just like, well, first of all, like, my bullshit detector in my brain is, like, that's never going to happen. Not because there isn't enough narrative oomph behind the story to, like, back it up if you do decide to do, like, a reading of it in that particular fashion. Like, I think that you wouldn't even need to go further, right? Like, if you really wanted to take, like, a lip-crit view of this story, they're already, like, in love, like, soul-bonded, whatever. They fucking, like, hung a lantern on it by calling it a more profound bond. Whatever you want to do, that's already in existence. But if you wanted to, like, go a step beyond that, like... I don't know that you can do that. And so basically when I started watching the show, like actually picking up season six, I was watching it with all of this meta in mind. And there are parts of it that are true. Like there are scenes in, and I would actually say that season seven and season six are far more romantic for that storyline than season eight is. Um, Like there are definitely scenes where you're like, oh man, like this is some serious like angel loving happening right now. But, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, begging you, you're my family, like, it's it's not even subtext, it's actually, it's text. Yeah, but that doesn't, like, 
but just but you're because not gonna get the thing. you're not like, gonna it's not gonna go romantic right it's not gonna be yeah. like red is romantic in the canon of the storyline and like, i mean you're not gonna have titanic window fog and like sex <laughs> it's like not happening exactly and like you know what i would love to be wrong like i would really love to be wrong about this but i don't think i am yeah i don't know that i would i, I don't want to be wrong about it like i don't want them to make a canon like, the only way it could happen is if Ben Edlund literally killed everyone else who worked on Supernatural <laughs> and, like, assumed the Iron Throne and did it himself. Like. <laughs> you know that Ben Edlund probably sits in his office with, like, little Dean and Castiel, yeah. like, action figures and pressing their faces together. But, like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, like that doesn't mean it's going to happen on the series. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like it would be a disaster if it did happen on the series. Like, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it would just be, like, it would just be bad. It would be poorly done, and, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm content to just kind of read it into the facial expressions on that, you know, Misha and Jensen are deciding to make it each other. Yeah. And die over 817, whatever <laughs> that one was called, but that one just fucking killed me. That was also the episode where, like, I remember being with you on Twitter, and I was like, wait, where are you now? Because plot-wise, you were getting really close to 817, and you were like, I'm about to watch 817, I just started, why? And I was like, holy shit, I'm on the train, but I'll be home very soon, just <laughs> hold on. And you were like, oh my god, what's about to happen? <laughs> And the thing is, usually when someone says that to you, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like, you built it up. No, guys, it was so much worse. It was so awful. Like, it actually, like, I was in my bed, like, curled up, clutching my knees and my face and, like, silently sobbing into my hands. Like, couldn't handle it. So uncomfortable, like, dying over that scene. I feel like you have to explain, guys, because I feel like otherwise. <laughs> how how do we? How do we? So- Essentially, this is the scene where they're finding the angel tablet, um, and Cass is still brainwashed by Naomi, and he basically. To give you some quick background, um, you've gotten flashbacks prior to this where Naomi has basically been brainwashing Cass and you see like an empty warehouse and it's filled with dead Deans. Like she's literally spent months doing nothing but brainwashing him and training him so that he can murder Dean. That's all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she also and- point out that Naomi is a man of tapping. Yes. So Sam oh, yes. Carter is training Cass to kill Dean. Yes. Sam, Sam Carter is so evil. Um, so essentially this scene, there's the confrontation, like, um, it's in a box that's angel warded, so Cass has to have Dean get it out. And the scene keeps cutting back and forth to them actually being physically in the same room, and Cass being, like, up in heaven, being like, I don't want to do this, and her saying, you need to take it back. And basically Cass goes through the motions and breaks Dean's wrist and is going to, like, and just, like, wails on his face, just ruins his face he's bloody and dean is like on his knees letting this happen like doesn't even try to fight back no does not do anything like just goes down to his knees lets him break his wrist like lets him slam him in the face and basically is like cast stop please i need you we're family and just keeps on repeating like through his broken swollen mouth this like refrain and cast finally 
and it's still flashing back and forth between Naomi and him being like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And she said, you have to kill him. And it flashes back down and he like lets his dagger drop and grabs the angel tablet. And it was the most painful thing. But you're missing, you're missing what made that extra duper painful, right? Like where the connection finally breaks between Cass and Naomi in heaven he drops his angel blade that he was about to stab Dean to death with, right? And he reaches his hand, the one that had been, like, breaking Dean's face in half, essentially, over to him, and cups his cheek. And as he's doing that, Dean grabs, like, the the, sh- the sleeve of his trench coat because he thinks that this is the killing blow. He's like, this is it. Like, I'm going to die here at the hands of this person. And instead, Cass, like, cups his cheek and, like, fixes him. And Dean is like, what the fuck just happened? And Cass is like, I'm so sorry. I have to leave. Grabs the fucking angel tablet and like poofs out of there. And then Sam busts into the room and is like, Dean, what happened? And Dean is like, uh, nothing. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck just happened to my face? And why is all the violence between Dean and Castiel red is so intimate? Like, yeah, yeah. Just, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, oh my god, it was just the absolute worst. And you get the sense even after, like, Dean clearly filled Sam in a little bit on what happened. Clearly did not tell him the whole story. Did not give him the whole story. Like, did not tell him the extent to which it, because, like, guys, it was awful. It was so, it was so gruesome. Yeah, and they did not, like, they didn't pan away from it at all. They didn't, like, half frame it. They just let you watch him get beat to shit and like accept it because that's what Dean Winchester does. He just takes it and it's awful. Yeah. It's like in some asshole on Tumblr, like after that episode put together, like the GIF set, which is basically everyone who Dean loves in life has like beat the crap out of him at least once on that show. Yes. Saw that. (laughs) It's awful. You're just like, (laughs) I just want to die. <laughs> Why is it happening? But it was I like, like <laughs> this is weirdly making me feel better. This is like at a, in a silver diner at I think about eleven thirty at night. <laughs> Marilyn explained to me the end of Merlin <laughs> and like literally just recapped the end of it for me. And I was like, I kind of kept laughing because I kept feeling stronger because <laughs> like objectively, like I could see where it hurt and like intellectually I was like oh that's upsetting but I felt nothing (laughs) and like I haven't quite gotten there for Supernatural but it's getting like close I feel really strong guys (laughs) which is always a bad sign good good I'm you guys don't even worry about this because she's getting really really cocky about this but eventually (laughs) she'll stop being interested in hockey and when that happens she'll have like an emotionally vulnerable moment and don't worry, I'm going to be in her life forever. <laughs> so fucking bleak. <laughs> and when you, feel the, when you feel frail, when you feel bored, the next time that, like, I find something that's, like, a little angelic and a touch naughty, I'm going to get in there for you, Kate. It's going to happen for you. Don't you fucking worry about it. I'm coming for you. Uh, it's like I have the Hoyden on one shoulder and Prue on the other. Hoyden can't keep you there forever. And it's just, like, no winning. Nope. Nope. Oh, oh Jesus. Yep. There's nowhere to hide, Kate. I literally I know where you, you live. Find my body? 
I want you to call the police. <laughs> what am I? Your your death is useless to me. I need you alive to write me Dean Castiel kid pic. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Are you going to be the one she kidnaps into the basement with her? That's she's true. Gonna be some like some misery shit. Like I'm going to be tied to the bed. She's going to break my knees with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and she's going to be like, hey, hey, you know what'd be good? You know what'd be good? Like seven kids. <laughs> One for every day of the week. <laughs> Castiel's favorite is the one that's born on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I just don't want to be alone in this dark hole by myself, Kate. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody craves companionship. Even me. Some messed up Sons of the Lamb shit. <laughs> Jesus, take every single wheel. I hate this. And there's two episodes left this season. I know. It's going to be so terrible. It's going to be so terrible, especially since the one coming up, Castiel is in the Men of Letters bunker. He's in the Batcave. It's so terrible. Yeah. So basically you're just hoping they give him, like, a room adjacent to Dean's and are like, hey, hey, buddy. No, see, here's the, home too. here's the thing. Like, I don't have any hopes and dreams for this show anymore. <laughs> I just, like, I just want it to end. hopes and dreams, period. <laughs> I just want it to end. <laughs> because, like, this is terrible. I can't hurt you anymore? Yeah, because, like... I, you know, like, I'm never going to leave Supernatural. Like, we're, like, ride together, die together buddies at this point. Like, I, having, like, left it for two years, I've come back, and, like, I, I'm just recognizing that, like, this is it. I just want it to end so I can be free. That's, like, the most I can hope for at this point. Yeah. Valid. <laughs> and Waldorf was like, if you, you are not leaving me alone for season nine of this. Like, you took me down. You're coming with me. And I was okay. like, no. of of course I'm coming with you. Where the fuck else am I going to go? I've already been disowned by so many people over this. Like, you are stuck with me until the end of this. That's fine. That's fine. Bad boys for life, Waldorf. It's like, fucking terrible. In the words of, like, 90s action movies, this shit just got real. Alright, which one of you is Swayze and which one of you is Reeves? I don't know. I don't care. I just want this show to end. Oh my God. Just start firing your gun up in the air and yell. I just want, I just want this to be over. My dream was to just ignore that it was happening and then just, you know, watch the box set afterwards. That's all I wanted. Yeah, same here. And that's clearly not going to happen. Because you're weak. I'm so weak. <laughs> Haven't watched an episode of Supernatural since 622. I need my chips. Clean for two seasons. No, did I tell you the worst part about my getting out of Supernatural, which wasn't actually a get out? Right. Apparently, I had all of season seven on my hard drive. Oh my god. So at some point, I was like... Just lurking in there, like a virus. Yeah, like, what the hell? Just be prepared. Oh my god, you sleep downloaded it. Like, who does that to themselves? I don't know. That is some dark shit, man. Y'all need Jesus. (laughs) Jesus doesn't want this. No. He really doesn't. Jesus wants no part of this action. Alright, we did actually, surprisingly, I thought that when I was like, okay, fine. I'm biting the bullet. We're doing a supernatural episode of Slash Report. I thought that the only responses we were going to get were people being like, my condolences. <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> we actually got real questions. We actually got real questions. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> so let's, let's just work through this. 
the first one is from Schuper, and I think this is a really good question. I don't actually know the answer to this. How how do you get into a show that has eight seasons? Painfully. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, honestly, that's, like, something where, like, also, I feel like you're justified in doing some skipsies. Oh, definitely. If you're trying to get into it and you really want to kind of cover your bases, like, there are people out there who are like, yeah, I'm going to take a week, it's going to be a lost week in my life, and I'm going to marathon it, and, like, I'll chug my way through it. But you don't need to. No. There are certainly, like, I feel like in multiple places, and I know I've, like, done some kind of, like, this is granted back when there were, like, four seasons, but, like, I've done some kind of, like, quick reads for people. Like, okay, go read, like, episode summaries on Wikipedia that won't take you very long, and, like, there's, like, a supernatural wiki, um... And you can kind of, like, cruise through that, and then there are episodes that are, like, high points that you should hit to actually, like, see these things happen, to kind of develop your own opinion on them, and to get your own kind of, like, read on how you think the characters are that you can then carry into your fanish context, whether that's creating or consuming media, and you don't have to do this. No, you don't. (laughs) Like you shouldn't feel like you have to, like, slog through it to be able to, like, read. Because, like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Go read some stuff anyway. Like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, like, using the wiki um, for episode summaries, it'll help you figure out what belongs to, like, the overall arc of a season mm-hmm. as opposed to what is, like, a throwaway kind of, you know, monster, monster of the week. week. Yeah. Kind exactly. of an episode. So, you know, you know which ones to skip. And really, it's almost like... I would say half and half for some seasons where you don't have to watch half of the episodes to know what happened. And Supernatural does a really good job of like flashback self-referencing. Like if you missed something, you're going to get it because they're going to hit you over the head with it. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I mean, all you really have to do, like in theory, what you could just do is watch the season finales of the first six seasons (laughs) and like, just wait for the carry on my wayward son like, montage that, like, inspires rending of garments and wailing across the land. Like, when that song comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, sweet Christ, here it comes. No, Bad Moon Rising gives me... <laughs> on your car, stop the car, pull over, and be Pull safe. over and, like, hide. Be safe. Bad Moon Rising is on the car. <clears throat> Still one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet was some girl who, like... Clearly tangentially supernatural fandom aware, but she basically posted like a Tumblr question, which is basically like, okay, what the fuck? Why is everyone in Supernatural so fucked up over the song Carry On My Wayward Son? <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I looked at it and all I could do was laugh. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, you've lived a better life than us. It's true. Yes, definitely. <laughs> But yeah, you don't, I think that, I think it's actually surprisingly easy to get into the series that has eight seasons. Um, But I think the best way to do it is, like they said, read some of the episode summaries. Um, You really could just watch the season finales of the first five series, the first five seasons of it, because they do do a pretty good season rundown of like what you need to know going into the season finale. And I think it will also help you decide whether or not you actually want to watch the show. Like, there's a lot there that, like, despite my, you know, bitching about the series, like, there's a reason I love it. There's a lot there that I really enjoy. But it is eight seasons long. Like, do you want to make that commitment now? Or do you just want to, like, why torture yourself while it's, like, a live bomb? You know, just, like, maybe wait until it's done. (laughs) Yeah. Make good choices, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like, live better than us. We can't. Yeah. 
Well, Kate, Kate's sort of like momentarily free. Am I? I don't know. I'm still on this podcast, aren't I? <laughs> it's true, and I did scam you into reading Dean Cass fanfic the other day. It's true. I really enjoyed it, and I was angry about that. <laughs> it was really good. I already wrecked it, guys. Um, okay, next question is. Question from Whitmore's, who is apparently a bad person, because in all caps, she goes, so happy you're doing an SPNF. Oh, God. First question was, mm. what are your thoughts on season eight so far? Better than season six or seven? Definitely better Duh. than season yeah, six. Yeah, like, seven. I'm not yes. even watching season eight, and I know that, because the majority of season six that I did watch was, like, being punched in my vagina, so go on. It was it was really shitty, and I think that, like, for huge swaths of season six and seven, the, the Impala wasn't even on the show. Yeah. Which, like, what are you fucking doing? Like, obviously, terrible choice. Like, if you were going to bill the Impala, it would get higher billing than Misha (laughs) Collins. Like, it needs. (laughs) Like, that show should be like Jared Padalecki, Jensen Ackles, Impala. (laughs) Impala. Like, it's an an essential character. What the fuck are you doing? Bring the car back. Um, So, season seven, or sorry, season eight, definitely better than season six, seven. Much more emotionally coherent. And I finally like Sam again, so. Yes, which, thank God. It's really hard, because, like, Sam is such an important character to the show. Like, I may like Dean better, but if I don't like Sam, that show becomes unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Which sort of dovetails into the next part of her question, which is, do you like the direction the characters are headed? So basically Waldorf, and I have to answer this one. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. I am am actually really happy with the direction that the characters are headed dean seems less like a mess and sam is sam is almost back to like season one season two sam yeah almost more season one because season one sam was like oh i'm doing this for now and then i'm gonna get out and was a little bit healthier yeah definitely and i really feel like we're back to that um direction with sam which is nice because i spent a lot of time really hating sam which (laughs) (laughs) it's a problem it's, it's really hard because dean loves him so much and it's, if you don't like him, it's a hard show to watch. It is, yeah. And also, like, in case you guys somehow missed it, like, in season six, seven, like, they basically were, like, canon, underline, triple highlight, double word score, Dean Winchester is an alcoholic. And I was like, yes. I don't like this. I'm really like, glad he's drying out this season. You went yeah, like, full Tony Stark, Dean. Yeah. There's a part where Sam actually looks at him and says, can you even get drunk anymore? Yeah. In one of the episodes in season seven. And you're like, oh, Christ, no. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. So, moving um, away from that. Yeah. So, third part of her question was, how would you like to see this season resolved? What are some things you'd like to happen next season? I would like it if this season was the last season. But since that's not going to happen. <laughs> Good answer. I like it. Um, I would like to see Mrs. Tran back again. Yeah. Yeah, dog. I want I want her back. I want her, like, a series regular. Yeah, me too. I want her living in the cave with them and, like, shaming them all the time. I mean, because Kevin is, like, amazing, but she is, like, just Lovely. Incredible. And also, Kevin is, like, 17. Like, can you yeah. please just, like, not, like, his girlfriend is dead and she went to her safety school. Like, can you please just <laughs> give him his mom? Like. Mm-hmm. I know, and he had to give up his veganism. I know, it was rough. Is that how you say that? Vegan? No, whatever. He's not a vegan anymore, so. I know. It's very sad. 
I mean, like, has anyone even punched his V-card? Like, can we please get him his mom and, like, get him laid? Not the way that Supernatural would handle those two problems (laughs) together. But just, like, can we make sure those two things happen? Uh, can we just keep everybody alive? Just, just one. I want one series finale where, like, everybody lives from episode 23 of the last season to season <laughs> one of the next. That's some, that's some crazy that's fucking That's a heavy... Talk. Yeah. I know. I'm asking order. a lot. That's a big, that's a big ask of Supernatural. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going crazy here. Ideal <laughs> world, that's what I want. Um, I don't, I feel like there's two answers to this, right? Like, my ideal resolution for this season into what happens into next season is one thing. And like, in terms of what I feel is best for the narrative is a completely other thing, which is why like fandom exists. Like what I really genuinely like in my horrible, my horrible, like self-indulgent curtain thick soul. All I want is for Cass to like live in the bunker and like Kevin to live in the bunker and Charlie, who we didn't talk about a lot, but who was awesome, uh, to live in the bunker. I just want everyone to live in the fucking bunker and, like, be safe. And, like, then to run, like, the Hunter Network out of the bunker. And, like, and same... Yeah. And, like, and Garth can come stay in the bunker. And, like, everyone has, you know, bunker Sam gets... Party. Yeah, everyone Sam gets to, like, be with Amelia and have a dog and not put the dog in Dean's car because that's the only thing that Dean doesn't want you to do other than take a joint from a dude named Don. Completely <laughs> legit, by the way. I know, right? Is any like is anyone who has ever had that moment when you're high and you're like I don't want to be high anymore. Like don't take a joint from a dude named Don. Like <laughs> that's all I want. That's like all I want for this show. Like all I want for the series is for like everyone to have some measure of peace. And I don't necessarily want them to give up hunting entirely. I want them to do it in a saner, more rational fashion. And I feel like if they could somehow master the whole like if Sam could be like the man of letters and Dean could be like the world's head hunter and like they could dispatch hunters to do things but still have like a home base and like Kevin could finally like get laid and his mom could be there to give him shit about how he had to defer his Princeton acceptance or like whatever the fuck like that would be great do I actually think that's gonna happen on the show obviously not because I'm not high and drunk right now but like is that what I feel like the narrative of the show should be I don't know I don't know that that's ever the tone that the show has ever wanted and I still like on some level like hail back to the original like first three seasons where I remember having this conversation with you Kate like where we were saying like basically the happiest ending these guys could ever have is everyone dies together yeah it's that or you have like the cop-out ending where they like look at each other like well back on the road and like they get back in the car together and like off they go in which case like I'm gonna fire bombing <laughs> yeah okay. well because like they've made it abundantly clear especially in this in this season that Sam is not happy with that so an ending where Sam gets back in the Impala and is like, okay, this is going to be my life for the rest of my life. Just, they have rendered it unfeasible. Yeah, and point. also, I feel, exactly, and I feel like also the fact that they introduced the Men of Letters bunker, like, if they do go back on the road, it would completely, right. like, you yeah. can't do that anymore. Like, they literally have a home base now. Right. Um, okay, so fourth part of her question was, favorite new character, old character you'd like to see return? I think we just hit that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. and number- although, although mm-hmm. and this is for me, and this is for Bear. Oh, Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> Do, you, you know what? Here's the thing. I actually hope Gabriel doesn't come back, because if he does, Mare is going to have to watch Supernatural again. 
And like, if I have to go, she has to go. I know, and I don't want this to happen because you know what's going to happen in my apartment, and I don't like. You guys are going to get like crazy all over my floor. <laughs> Dude, can you talk? I'm just saying, like. You texted me yesterday because there was psychic kids on bio. Like, you already got crazy <laughs> in your apartment. Oh my god, the show is so addictively bad. So addictively bad. Almost as good as the Amazing Paranormal State episode with a cross-dressing demon hunter. Nothing will ever be as good as that. We were late to a party because of that episode of Paranormal <laughs> And it was worth it. It was so worth it. We were late to Mare's party. And we, like, this it, was- felt, it actually kind of like an episode of Supernatural now, and like every like new level you're uncovering is just more incredulous and you could just see Jensen's face being like making the Misha face of like you didn't think this was important to tell me before that they were a cross-dressing demon ritual doer like this didn't ping your radar it's something to tell me it was like all you really need to know about this story is that we were supposed to go to a party that started at like what ten, and we were late. Even, yeah. And we were late for it because we couldn't tear ourselves away from an episode of Paranormal State. And when we rolled up, and we had to tell Mare why we were late for it. Oh my god, her face! It was just like the ultimate shame of like these are my friends, my friends, real good, so good. So good. And the final question from Whitmore's was, is it possible for Dean and Cass to be any gayer? I mean, in my book, not really. No. Not even with dicks touching dicks. No. I mean, like, their souls touch souls. Like, yeah. but uh, to hail back, do I think that that means it's going to be canon on the show? No. Oh. No. No. We're agreed on this. Yeah, they're they're pretty pretty homosexual. Uh, Timothy Drake asked us, um, since I'm behind, can you explain the layer of risk playing, which that's the men of letters bunker. So I think we got that covered. Mm-hmm. Um, Trinity Claire asks the only question worth asking. I was hardcore in SPN fandom in seasons one and two was disappointed in season three and bailed partway through season four. Every single year since then, I've watched the fandom go crazy over two or three really good episodes a year. And my friends try to convince me to start watching again. Should I do it? I can't in good conscience say that. No. I say finish season four. Yeah. Just just finish Fair. season four. And and then, you know. But see, here's the problem. If you right. finish season four, it drags you by the nuts into season five. <laughs> you know I what? Didn't say it wasn't going to. <laughs> Let the chips just fall where they may. <laughs> I can't in good conscience recommend it, but if it's going to happen, finish season four and see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are the worst. Dude. <laughs> I have no problem Trinity I'm gonna tell you here's like what I honestly think like if you're living a pretty good life now <laughs> like if you have friends and you're pretty functional and you can get you can get through a day without the shakes <laughs> there is no reason to revisit this like don't do it to yourself don't listen to her. Just finish season four. <laughs> you guys are awful. <laughs> Waldorf is like, I don't want to be here alone either. <laughs> All right, kidding me? I'm taking everybody down with me. <laughs> just call the show Bleak House. You can novel. It never ends and everyone's sad. <laughs> I hate this fandom. <laughs> I like, it's actually, honestly, like, I feel like we're about as depressed about the Manchester's lives as they are. <laughs> On the one hand, good job show. On the other hand, fuck you. You guys are the worst. 
No, but seriously, if your life is pretty good right now, you really don't need to be watching it again. Unless you want to be like Waldorf and like be totally evil. Everybody should watch this. This is the direction I want season nine to go in. Waldorf is the new Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Supernatural. Promising 11 seasons in a movie. (laughs) Don't do that to me, CW. (laughs) Yes, best idea. No, because I'm going to have to go watch this. Do you understand? Can you imagine having to go exchange legal tender? (laughs) See a supernatural movie? That's a fucking kill myself. Dude, you don't even... Okay, my long history of poor decision making in this department is so strong. Like, not only did I go see Fight the Future, the X-Files movie on (laughs) opening day... Didn't we all? Didn't we all? I I went and saw the second X Files movie on opening day in a mostly (laughs) empty theater. I also, what else did I go watch that I traded legal tender to go watch? I like paid money in a movie theater to watch the David Duchovny movie playing God (laughs) and the Julianne Moore movie. Evolution. You got fucking problems, buddy. I do. You don't even know. Like so many problems. I watched Red Shoe Diaries because of that. He plays like a '90s architect and has a dog, and his girlfriend commits suicide, so he starts reading her porn journal. I don't even know. Buddy, buddy, just go to the next question. Okay, sorry. Don't watch the show again, Trinity. Do it. Do you see this? She's so much worse than I am. Last series of questions from nuts to that action. First of all, welcome to Supernatural. We've missed you. You're horrible nuts. Each year Supernatural gets renewed. I'm half over the moon and half fuck my life. Accurate response. I'm going to watch it to the bitter end because I'm no quitter. But oh my god, can something good happen? My question is, do you see anyone on Supernatural being a functional normal human being or angel in the future? Or happy for longer than a year? No. Charlie can do it. I have faith that Charlie... That's true. Charlie can do it. Charlie can do it. Everybody but, else is fucked. Yeah, basically. That's that's about it. Only Charlie has the possibility of happiness. Everybody else is screwed. Oh, that's so depressing. <laughs> I'm be depressed about like I think haven't we all like accepted this? I feel like it's just like wave upon wave of depression and acceptance. Because <laughs> there's always this game where you're like, I'm speculating on what's going to happen at the end of this season and next season, but there's really no point because the only guarantees are that, like, Dean and Sam are going to have way too many intense feelings about each other. Castiel and Dean are going to have way too many intense feelings about each other. And I'm going to, like, cry and be lying in the fetal position on the floor of my apartment, being angry that I started down this road again. Yep. Yep. Accurate. Only guarantees about the series. And somebody is going to die. Or multiple people. (laughs) You know what's probably going to happen? They're going to bring back Benny just so they can kill him again. How about Adam? Can we can we see Adam? Can we like Yeah, can somebody please go see Adam? Can we can we all just agree that like they don't even remember that Adam is in hell anymore? Yeah. Well, like, I mean like full confession, I didn't remember Adam until who reminded me of Adam. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god. And then you got really, really concerned and upset about him and I was like, really? You didn't even remember he was in hell until two minutes ago. Uh, another vicious cycle. Concern <laughs> over and over. You're just ridiculous. This show is really bad for me. Like, (laughs) on a fundamental level. It's good for anybody, let's be real. I mean, I'm sure it's good for Sarah Gamble, because I'm sure that, like, more than anybody, she sups on the blood of the fans, but... 
I have to say, like, you know, like, when I was talking earlier about, like, you know, like, understanding but feeling emotionally removed and getting stronger. Yeah. I think, like, she has, like, the ultimate strength now. <laughs> like, her power level is over 9,000. Like, there's no stopping her. <laughs> she, she's a beast. She can't be killed. She's a big boss in, like, the video game that you cannot kill. <laughs> like, no matter how much you train, no matter how much you go outside, like, bad level and, like, level up. You're never going to be able to beat her. No mortal weapons can defeat her. No. No. No woman. (laughs) Of course, now this sets up in my head, like, a battle for the soul of Supernatural in the production offices, which is, like, Sarah Gamble versus Ben Edlund. Like, all Edlund wants is for everyone to, like, have feels and hug in the bunker. And all Sarah Gamble wants is, like, for Sam to be a monster and sort of rapey. Oh, laughing because it's true. No one, no one does. No one could. I just, I just sit there and I wonder, like, does Eric Kirky like just sometimes go on the internet and just like, heh, yeah. <laughs> he must. He must. I mean, I would, but I'm like a dick. So, our last question, which is a good denouement from this entire shit show, was from Ink Junket, and she was asking for favorite supernatural crossover ricks. There's literally only one supernatural crossover that I know of, and that I wrecked it because I really liked it. It's called Seek and Ye Shall Find by Tigress Wolf, which has been completely jossed, obviously, by now. But it's a leveraged supernatural crossover where Michael is actually hiding as Elliot. And it's like a short story. It's, pr- it's really good. Um, I'll put up the link when you guys can check the show page. But that's the only one I can think of. I read one way, way, way back. I don't, I feel really bad because I don't remember who the author was or anything. And I re- came across it when I was in uh, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles fandom. Mm. And someone did a crossover and it was really brief. Like it was Sarah Connor's point of view. And she like meets the Winchesters at like a gun show. <laughs> and she basically thinks that they are just awful and <laughs> pathetic and like walks away from it and it was just like a really brief little probably wasn't even more than like 500 words Aww. but I remember feeling accurate <laughs> like <laughs> Sarah Connor would have no time for their shit that's pretty accurate like but, let's be let's be tr- let's be fair to that but I feel bad I can't remember like anything else about it but. well if someone else knows what this yeah. story is please let us know and we'll Absolutely. retweet it for sure but to wrap us up I did want to give everyone kind of on this podcast an opportunity to wreck a story or two. Oh. Whatever you feel like people do need to be reading or should have read already. It, since we don't really have any good crossover wrecks other than the one that I just um, mentioned, uh, we just wanted to do some ordinary SPN wrecks. Not all of these are contemporary. I feel like, to be fair, I think most of us have kind of fallen off of the wagon of reading SPN fanfic, except for me. Like, I, yeah. did, I dove back into that, like, piss-covered ball pit recently. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of these are going to be older. So, if you haven't read these before, you definitely should, because they retain their awesomeness. And Kate's going to go first. Well, I am. Um, the one I'm wrecking is uh, Vina Amoris and Other Old-Fashioned Bullshit by Pyrebi. Basically, what happens in this story is that it takes place in kind of like a nebulous season six where in Cass is waging war in heaven, but accidentally he's sort of soul married to Dean. Um, it's he'll, one like it's hilarious, like everything Pyrebi writes is, but it also has like 
really interesting kind of like wading through the dynamics of like their relationship when it's at this sort of amorphous point when they don't know what they are to each other. It's really interesting and it really plays with kind of like that dynamic they have that where it's like unspoken but obvious. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very It's hilarious. It's I love really that story. Good. Yeah, just it's- fucking trust us and it's it's surprisingly hot like as i've said before like that's a surprisingly hot story where like no dicks touch yeah 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 like it's a it's a a slow burn if you will indeed indeed all right thanks for that waldorf um i have two um neither one of which was written after season four (laughs) um (laughs) sorry guys i spent a lot of time getting back into the fandom i'm not ready for the fic yet um the first one is Except Thou Bless Me by, I'm going to murder your username, I'm very sorry, Archituthis. Um, <laughs> Good effort, whatever that was. <laughs> I have no idea. I feel really bad. Um, it's around season four, back when we were playing with the idea of uh, Cass and Dean's relationship. Um, Dean is kind of dealing with the fact that he got pulled out of hell and um, with the fact that he could get thrown back into hell. Mm-hmm. It's basically a glorified PWP, but it's uh, got amazing, amazing uh, dynamics between the two of them, and it, it is amazingly hot. Like, go to pick. Definitely. Yeah, like, good job on your slut. Um, the second one is We Could Be Heroes by Missy Jack. Um, it's a gen fic uh, written around season three when we were still trying to figure out how um, the whole Lucifer thing was even going to happen. Um, her summary is, a tall tale of myth and an urban legend walked into a bar and started swapping stories about the Winchester boys. And basically that's what the fic is. It's um, atypical storytelling. She's got like bits from like Snopes.com about them, legends. It's just a really interesting read on like the mythos around the Winchester boys and how their story could be told you know, even thousands of years into the future. Um, but I definitely love that story a lot. I think those stories are always really interesting, especially since the metatextual reality of the series is that eventually they will have their own book in the Bible. Like, I find that lovely. And the idea that the Winchesters are what monster parents tell about their kids, you know, late at night. It's it's kind of lovely. I love that whole thing. Definitely. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Um, Okay. So I have two. The first one is actually really funny because when I mentioned this story, like, both Kate and Waldorf were like, oh my god, that one makes me cry. It's called O Perpetual Revolution of Configured Stars by the Helena Bulls. And it's the basic summary of the story is that Castiel builds Dean a house in heaven and consecrates it with love. You don't actually, like, need to know anything else about the story. <laughs> other than the fact that, like, just talking about it, like, makes me tear up. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It is. It's super sweet. I should read it. Definitely. It's, a, it's exactly how the series should end. And it won't. But that's what I want. It won't, but yeah. That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> it's just a house. And it's on consecrated land. With love. <laughs> and like literally the first time you read this, I think you just sent it to me with like a bunch of like whore tears. <laughs> <laughs> just like the email was like all wrinkled and crap from me weeping all over me. Exactly. That's how it felt. <laughs> Spiritually, that's how that email came through. It's so good, guys. You should check it out. Um, the other one is I'm using my Embarrass the Guest card on this one. Because one of my favorite supernatural stories of all time um, is Waldorf's okay. Anything Worth Dying For. Which I still think is the sing- my singular favorite supernatural apocalyptic that came out of season four slash five. Yeah, um, 
hands down so good and the summary just wraps up the entire story the way that it should and it is it's the apocalypse and this is the book of chuck and it's like that is the framing mechanism by which you get this like sprawling plot with like lovely characters and like a really interesting um like a really interesting like apocalypse thread through it and it's it's and i think part of the reason that the story so appealed to me is that Sure, there is like a Dean Winchester Castiel romance, but that's not the overriding point. There's like a lot of other stuff happening, and every other character also gets their moment in the sun. The other reason you should absolutely check out this story, um, in addition to it just being fab in general, so thank you for writing that, Waldorf. Oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> is that um, to know a fucking unpronounceable chemical signature yep. username made a stunning podfic of it. Um, the first time I actually experienced this story was as a podfic, not as the written text. And I've wrecked this before on our podfic episode, and I wrecked the podfic. But this time I'm wrecking the story. Everyone should read it. But if you like podfic at all, go look up the podfic, Anything Worth Dying For, because it is so good. It is yes. so good. She did an amazing she, job with it. She did. She, like, was incredible about doing that. And, yeah, I definitely second that. Go listen to the podfic of it because she's crazy good. She's so crazy good. And that story is crazy good. And the two of them are two great tastes that taste great together and are a complete lie about the actual narrative construction of the series. <laughs> Super nice. I know. And, like, if the whole show was like that, it would be... I would want ten seasons in a movie. <laughs> yeah, but instead, the show is nothing like that. And I just, like, again, piss-covered ball pit is what the show is like. So. Yeah. Right, and there's, like, the secret baby roof turned at the bottom. <laughs> we have to end this. <laughs> if nothing else, because Hoyden just sent me a G-chat that said, you need to get out of that darkest timeline. <laughs> but that's it for us. Thank you for tuning in. If you got, like, a cruel laugh out of it because you bailed and you still have your like sober for five years and counting chip. Fuck you. Uh, I think a lot of our friends are going to be listening to this just to like hear us talk about how unhappy we are. Not gonna lie. Which, you know, yeah, like we've, we've fully we done for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've, if you want to hear how unhappy I am, this is great. Like this podcast really covered it. Agreed. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for us this week. Um, we'll catch you on the flip side. If you miss Slash Report and it's crazy during the weekdays, you can catch us on Twitter at, at Slash Report, or you can catch me at Twitter at Often Imprudent or on Tumblr at Rage Proof Rock. Um, usually MK is here suffering with me as well, and you can find her on Twitter at Moonclutz or on Tumblr at MKlutz. Um, that does it for us, and we will see you. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Kate, you have to say bye. Oh, God. Goodbye forever! <laughs> Bye. Wait. Okay. So apparently when whales fuck... Why are you talking about this? <laughs> Okay, literally, me talking about whales fucking is not going to be the worst thing we talk about today. So, I, this is just like a friendly warm-up. This is like, have, is that, did, did everyone stretch before we got started? What, their anuses? Like, why is this always the way these things go down? Oh, so 
terrible. She's new. She doesn't know yet, Kate, how awful 